This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Malignant. Is that the Angelina Jolie movie? Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi, hello. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. <clears throat> Excuse me. We dig into movies via motion spoiler for your review. I thought you said we weren't doing voices. <laughs> <laughs> we dig into movies via motion spoiler for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This episode 468. 468. 468. Perfect for it. It sounds like a malignant number. It's like we're doing a cheer, but we skipped the first part. Four, mm-hmm. six, eight. Who do we? Wait, what? And then we kept going. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it is. That's how it is around these parts. Uh, this week, we're talking about Malignant, the newest Ooh. James Wan film. And joining us to discuss Malignant, we have writer for Edge Media and host of Horrifically Horrifying. In flashbacks, <laughs> his younger self will also be played by McKenna Grace. It's Kevin Taft. <laughs> Why McKenna Grace? What, what can't she do? She plays, she plays everyone in flashbacks now. That's the thing. That's true. That's true. I'll go with it. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Kevin, how are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, you know what? I'm living. I'm living. Uh, I'm benign. Oh. Oh, that's, <laughs> Get it? that's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> well, <laughs> glad to have you here. Glad to have you back on the show, of course. And I look forward to talking about this wild movie with you all as we make our way through this episode. But first up, some show notes. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start out with this right away. Summer Gamble, Abe, it's happened. We've gotten oh. through the the slate of summer movies, and next week we're going to see the results of what we think will have been the top ten highest grossing films of the summer. Uh, myself and you and many other uh, regular guests on the show, we've all predicted what we think will be the highest grossing right. films at the, at the worldwide box office. And we're going to go over the results and see how wrong we all were uh, as we uh, calculate the points and what and have you. I can't uh, wait to find out where Hotel Transylvania 4 landed. Yeah, that's <laughs> that very much was in the <laughs> summer once. Um, but yeah, let's see. This week, as far as the numbers go for the movies that are out, Shang-Chi is still number one, made another $35 million domestic. It's at 257 worldwide. That's a pretty good chunk of change to get it. Certainly that's healthy. In the, it's in the top ten for sure, and I know a lot of us yeah. predicted it going to be landing somewhere in there. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where that ends up and where that stacks for some of us. Also, *Malignant*, which we're talking about this week, made a whopping five million dollars this week. Um, so uh, I mean, its budget was like seven dollars. Its budget so. was forty million, so it's not good. Forty? <laughs> yes, oh. it's forty million. It's more more than horror standards. Um, it made it's made fifteen worldwide. Still not good, but um, yeah. yeah, just saying. I know I think at least one of us might have had that as a dark horse pick. Um, and yeah, that that that's not going to come to fruition uh, as far as getting any points for that one. Um, so yeah, Summer Gamble, that's going to happen. We'll talk more about that next week. What else? New commentary track. It is a new month. It's been a new month, but now it's still a new month. And uh, this month, because of uh, Clint Eastwood's Cry Macho, which is opening next weekend, uh, we are going to be talking Unforgiven for this month's commentary track. And uh, I'm looking forward to that one. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's the plan. That should be a lot of fun. Um, speaking of <laughs> not at all, there's no segue there. October's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> October's coming up, which means that we do our horror episodes. Every October for the past several years, we've done a series of horror episodes for every week in October, uh, focused on some aspect of the genre. That's always really fun. We have a lot of really cool content from the many years over that you can find currently on our various pages. But be be uh, be warned, we have at least five new episodes coming that is going to go 
into another round of topics involving horror. Uh, so yeah, um, let's see what else. I think that I, I mentioned a contest. There's going to be something that's going to come a, come a brewing. Good tease. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind we do have October coming up, so <laughs> it's probably going to be a horror related contest. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And last thing, iTunes reviews and ratings, of course. Good to get those. Helps us out. Helps pop us up on the old iTunes charts. If you want to give us an iTunes review rating, you can log on to iTunes. You can search for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Again, you don't even have to type that whole thing. I know how stressful it is to type a whole show's name when we have so many words in our title. You can type Out Now, and then you get it. It's right there. And you're like, hmm. there it is, and you found it. And then you log on, you give us a rating review, which Hold on, let me, let me try this out in real time. Do it. Uh, iTunes open. Uh, oh! <laughs> Right. All there right. it is, right there. So quick. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. We're, we're Only right. five UVC payments of $19.95. We should be in the Pentium commercials. Remember those Pentium commercials? Uh, I remember like, yeah. those guys in the suits. Yeah, the guy with the suits. We should be the example they use at how fast the processing is. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What if we had that budget? That'd sense. be crazy. Uh, if we had that budget. If we had that budget, yeah. <laughs> Technically, our budget is unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> but yeah Ruby's ring is going to be that'd be great thank you so much in advance okay let's move on now <laughs> isn't it fun to make the show notes really exciting so the rest oh. of the show pales in comparison <laughs> yeah exactly uh, can't wait for this to go downhill let's let's go down that hill right now with some out quickies I was drinking some water trademark you drink it out now we can have some quickies Trademark. Kevin, what other movies have you seen recently? <laughs> um, uh, I finally saw Free Guy. Oh, yeah. Oh. How'd that go? Um, you know, it's. I think it was not for me mm-hmm. because I'm not a video game person. Mm-hmm. So while I understood the basic idea, once they started to solve their problem, I was like, what? Huh? So I got confused, and then I got tired, and I fell asleep. Did you pre- <laughs> did you appreciate all the Mariah Carey though? No, because I don't like Mariah Carey. So I... <laughs> wow, so nothing was working for you. <laughs> Not, yeah, it didn't it didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why it does. Be, like I don't think it's a bad movie or anything. I just it just wasn't for me. That's an I entirely guess. fair perspective. I I can understand yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember. I think I haven't seen a lot actually mm-hmm. recently. That's it. And you know, of course what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. if you that's what I'm, saying. I, I'm sure you've seen something so if you if you remember it feel free to shout it shout it it's out. really weird why can't i remember anything that i've watched because we're in the matrix right now exactly <laughs> Ooh. it's truth hey so be careful what you say because you know agent smith could be listening in <laughs> hey where are you at what have you seen i uh finished uh, cool hen luke wow whoa <laughs> we finished it yeah, I finished. Just a re- I, I, just a recap for Kevin. Abe started Cool Hand Luke at the end of May, and <laughs> weeks after weeks after he told us that he started it but did not finish it, we've been asking him. You know, this has been our check in to see if he's actually cool finished this movie. Now, now something to keep in mind: it's not like he wasn't enjoying it at the time, but <laughs> but he just decided to stop it. And it, within that amount of time, he's watched all of the movies we've talked about all summer, let alone a full viewing of Road to Perdition for some reason, but did not finish Cool Hand Luke until now, apparently. It, it, it was suggested to me because it had Paul Newman in it. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did, in fact, have Paul Newman in it. So, so, how, so how did finishing Cool Hand Luke go, Abe? You know, this is a really good movie. <laughs> in pieces. <laughs> Even as a whole, it's pretty good. I uh, I appreciate the movie so much now. I'm just like, this is... 
I, I, I kind of, you know how, like, we watch a lot of movies. We watch yeah. a lot of modern movies. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a, a deliberate pace to The movie's, like, an hour, like, 40, 50 minutes long, 50 some odd minutes. It's, yeah. it's less than two hours long. And it's, like, deliberately paced so it feels so full. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh, wow, this Paul Newman character is like, man, what a guy. And then, you know, the window scene happens. And I'm just like, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we are with me being done. So on, on to the next classic from TCM. So, I've actually uh, never seen that. Oh, it's a great movie. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I know. It's it's, but it's okay. It's not like you started, you know, part of it and then never finished it. So you're fine. Well, that's how I'd recommend you watching it. <laughs> well, I might I, do that. It, it might do it. It is a terrific movie, and it's on HBO Max, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it yeah. might. I might have even put it on my list on HBO Max. It's, it's by the way. Uh-huh. Um, Blue Bayou. That's what I watched. There it oh, is. Oh, there you go. You know, yeah. I kind of knew that, but I didn't want to say it out loud because I. Oh. <laughs> you can just <laughs> stalker. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, please, please do uh, prompt me. That's fine. I will. It's, it's part of my quickie, so we can talk about it a little bit. Yeah. But um, so, Abe, you finished Cool Hand Luke, and you like. I quite did a bit. finish. Cool Hand Luke, I liked it quite a bit. So, I... now, so now I can reference that egg sequence, and you and you you will understand it, so we won't have a failure to communicate. Well, you got to make sure that I actually eat all of them. So you well, know. that's that's your TikTok Check challenge. You start your TikTok page. Start your, the TikTok. cool the Cool Hand Luke challenge, eating fifty <laughs> eggs. <laughs> the thing the other thing that I watched was um, Love and Monsters. Ooh, this is, this Ooh, is like yeah. on Hulu, and I was just checking it out. Academy uh, Award nominee, Love and Monsters. That's right. <laughs> yep. And you know, I I sort of mocked it when that nomination came out. Now having seen the movie, I was like, the makeup effects are pretty good in this movie. It looks great. Well, because it's all daytime. That's the crazy thing. All these monsters are daytime. All the monsters, they look yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, there's a variety of them. Yes, and there so, are. Yeah. They're, there really uh, allows it really allows it to be like oh cool yeah I can really see what these monsters look like what they're doing some good some bad some you know giving him poison some not but overall the movie is it's a fun movie like is it the best movie out there no but does it do its job and if you're a fan of Dylan O'Brien are you gonna enjoy it sure um, ultimately the message that they give you is also pretty positive yeah. Um, you know, minus like the whole entire like how easy it is to just go on the surface and not be attacked. But you know, go live your life. You know, enjoy things, and um, you know, don't be afraid. That that's a positive message. I I kind of wonder. This is based off of a book, but is it a children's book or like a, a like a? I would think uh, young adult, isn't it? Yeah, a YA yeah. book. Yeah, I imagine it doesn't skew very adult in for in okay, terms yeah. of, you know literature form. Well, because the animation parts, like in his own book, were pretty pretty uh, neat. So yeah, I mean, again, if you're looking for a movie that is pretty casual in terms of watching it, I'd recommend Love and Monsters. It has good like fun genre romp energy. Like it'd be a good double <laughs> feature with like warm bodies. That's a that that's a good pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Where where'd you where are you going, Aaron? Small EA class. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's a fun. That was a fun. I movie. can feel Kevin rolling his eyes. <laughs> I actually just shook my head, actually. Um, <laughs> is that it? Yeah. What did you watch? I've seen a few things. I'll start with the bad one. Uh, it's Kate. Um, this is the latest uh, Netflix action film featuring a. You're not theme, gonna like what I have to say about this. Featuring I started a watching and I stopped. I mean, I'll like what you said about this because Kate's terrible. Uh, so it's it's not it's not good. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays like a hardened assassin who's been trained since a young age, this time by Woody Harrelson, because we always get a veteran uh, mentor actor. Uh, mm-hmm. 
in terms of like concept, like I get it. You haven't you've seen this before. It's like a crank riff in terms of things because it's he gets like poison and has 24 hours to live, so he has to go after all these bad guys. Uh, the problem I have beyond the fact that the story's nonsense and that it's not you know very well made, uh, it's it's the fact that it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead just like slaying hundreds of faceless Asian people in Tokyo. And it's like, okay. And it's it's weird optics in the midst of a bad movie already. And there's other things. It's like, well, surely that's fine. It's like, well, I mean, she's also in Tokyo. And at one point, it's like, if there's somebody I got to sleep with, they could be the one white guy I also find in Tokyo. So it's like, what are we trying to do with this movie? (laughs) I don't understand. And it's like, you can say, well, they shot in Tokyo and it looks great. It's like, well, yeah, that's Tokyo's reason not the movie mm-hmm. the movie doesn't get credit for tokyo looking great it already looks great uh so it's just no, like Aaron, they redesigned the city just for the movie nah. uh, <laughs> so, so yeah there's just there's not a lot here like some of the actions fought like it does one thing that i like which is people get tired fighting for long periods of time yeah like that's something that should be incorporated more into action movies like it's not easy to constantly do this so people would mm-hmm. be reasonably tired at some point by fighting constantly but mm-hmm. uh it's not enough to save this terrible movie uh so yeah that's that uh, Blue Bayou. Uh, Kevin, you mentioned yes. this also. Um, this is the latest film from Justin Schoen, who also stars in the film uh, as a uh, he, he is an Asian man who was brought over to the country. And he lives specifically in Louisiana, brought over to the country when he was very young. Uh, so he's basically, you know, raised here and has the you know, he's for, while being a, technically an illegal immigrant, he is ostensibly American. Uh, he mm-hmm. and his wife, played by Alicia Vikander, uh, they have a child on they have a child and a child on the way. Um, th- things happen that je- that jeopardize his status of being remaining in America, and mm-hmm. the film focuses on his struggles to basically deal with what that could mean, what that could mean for the family they have to get he and Vikander have together and whatnot. Um, I think the performances are very strong in this movie. I think Chone and Vikander are very good here, and I think the setting is you know, keep in mind that Chon is not from Louisiana. So he and the cast are all doing these accents. And I mean, I think it, I did not know that. I think it has, it has a good use of setting. Um, mm. That said, I, I think the movie doesn't quite know how to end. Like it has a lot of endings and it just, I don't think it misses the mark, but it does feel like it struggles to kind of get across ultimately what it's trying to do beyond the obvious message involving immigration, or what have you. I think it has a little bit of struggle. Kevin, what'd you think of blue eye? Um, I really liked it as well. Um, I mean, uh, I, the performances obviously were were great. Um, I was kind of compelled throughout the whole thing, even though I felt like some of it seemed familiar, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. Um, and especially the ends, which I won't say anything. It's like yet another movie that ends in this particular place. Uh-huh. Um, and you're right, there was like three different endings. It's like they they gave you all three options. <laughs> one after the other so you weren't quite sure which one they were going to land on mm-hmm. uh but at the same time as much as i knew i was being manipulated a little bit i was a sobbing mess at the end of it. i yeah i know what you mean it's it is emotional like it, it's yeah. effective it's an effective film I, I you know it's i i don't think either of us is saying it's bad or that don't see it it's just more like there's there's like there's a really good movie within this pretty good one i think that's yeah. like yeah yeah but um, I did, I did like it. I recommended it to a couple friends for sure, just because yeah. I think they would like it. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I will say also, Abe, remember, because um, so Emery Cohen is a co-star in this film. And my my favorite bad good actor from, from Emery place, Cohen from Place Behind the Pines. Yeah, uh, and, Pete, and and 
the OA. The OA. And, he, and he's in Brooklyn as the nicest Brooklyn. guy. Brooklyn, yeah. yeah he's oh, great. right. Yeah. But right. I will say this. This is maybe the worst, like, kind of character he's played yet. Like, worse than Place Beyond the Pines. Worse than Place Beyond the Pines. Well, because at least Place Beyond the Pines, he had, like, a reason for being horrible. <laughs> like, uh-huh. this is just, like, he's so mean in this movie. Oh, no. Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right, well, hopefully he doesn't get typecast. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I actually really like him, but I, I didn't even know. He, I didn't know it was him at first. Yeah, because he, uh, he he's a little hefty. He's a little hefty. He's now. gained some weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put up yeah. Some, some weight for the role. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't, the role or not, I, I don't know. Like, I, was, I, I think was it might just be in general. But. Yeah, like because the, the OA, he's starting to get a little hefty, and now he's yeah. just like. Not he's not you know he's not full blown head, but he's you know he's bigger. He's not he's not Brooklyn like so. Sears right. not picking up this guy in Louisiana. Let's say that way. <laughs> Damn. Uh, the next film I saw, The Card Counter. This is a new Paul Schrader oh. film, okay. uh, starring Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish, and Ty Sheridan, and Willem Dafoe. <laughs> All these ants. Um, Billy. I yeah exactly yeah uh, Billy Billy Dafoe. Um, yeah. <laughs> not Billy the friend. Um, I I like this movie. I can see it being divisive. <laughs> a word I feel like will come up in our main review. Um, I I can totally see it not catching on with people. Not that I would expect it to, because it's a low budget Paul Schrader movie, and one of those caught on anyway. Um, I think Oscar Isaac is very good here. He plays a he plays a former enhanced interrogator who served time in jail and now lives his life basically as a monk that's really good at cards. Um, and he kind of gets himself involved in some things. The movie is far less ambitious than what it might be trying to sell as far as any kind of schemes or anything. It's more just about his own kind of private torments and how he connects to other people, specifically Haddish and, and Ty Sheridan. I will say I, I've heard a lot of thoughts about like the supporting cast and like how they don't feel appropriate specifically with Haddish. I don't see that. I feel like the movie and Paul Schrader know exactly what you know these actors are capable of doing, and they deliver what's needed for the roles oscar isaac at least the lead and i think he's very good because he's oscar isaac uh, but i do think the movie overall it works my dad saw it i saw it with my dad dad's movie corner he really liked it also um i i don't think it's the best paul Schrader film i think first reformed was pretty terrific this is like a slight come down by comparison but i still think it's worthwhile for people that want a more kind of deliberately paced uh drama uh, that you know is very introspective well how's our friend william He's in it for like three scenes, but he's good. I mean, he's well enough. He's a rock star, and he's best friends with Paul Schrader. So, I mean, it's it's like the, the things you need from him, he gives you. Uh, so, a couple other things, real quick. Uh, Blood Brothers, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. This is a new documentary on Netflix. It's about 90 minutes long and explores the friendship between Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X. Um, mm-hmm. If you know about these people, you're these people, these famous, <laughs> like charismatic leaders and speakers. <laughs> um, you're not going to learn much that's new. It's just presenting it in a frame specifically around the friendship they had together. Uh, that said, there's a reason why they're, you know, well-known charismatic figures. When they speak, you like hearing what they have to say, or at least you're paying attention. And this mm-hmm. this film very much capitalizes on that, as well as, like, the interviews it has or whatnot. It's, it's, pre- it's presented quite well. So, like, if you, if you, you know enjoy th- hearing Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X speaking and like are interested in that relationship or whatnot. It's worthwhile. It's worth checking out. Um, let's see. Huh. Mogul Mowgli. This is the film of Riz Ahmed. The other film oh, where yeah. he stars as a musician who's challenged by a sudden adversity that might prevent <laughs> him from uh, being able to perform again. Are you being, are you joking or are you being serious? No, he plays a, he plays a, 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 a rapper who was born in England uh, to his, uh-huh. to, with his family. Um, who Pretty has, true. Yeah. Who has moved to America 
uh, has become somewhat of a success, but he goes back home and then he suddenly learns that he has an autoimmune deficiency. Um, oh, so he's rapidly degenerating. So instead of okay. instead of hearing, it's just more his body's deteriorating. Um, mm -hmm. Unsurprisingly, Rizabed's very good in this movie. <laughs> like he, he does the job. Uh, I like that he's it's co-written by him, so it's more. Um, not necessarily more personal because it's not like it's reflecting his own life, but it certainly feels like it's coming out of a, a place that's, I don't know, more relatable to him because it involves like his upbringing and what have you. Um, but it's quite good. Uh, I, I certainly, you know, it's not just sound of metal again. Um, it, it's just it's a it's a different movie that has similar ideas, but you know, you got the the common denominator is Rizomed being very good in it, and that's worthwhile. <laughs> there's all these things yeah. and I just don't want to I don't want to lose them so one more two more things Queen Pins um, this is with Kristen Bell Paul Walter Hauser Vince Vaughn and uh, what's her name something Baptiste based on a true story involves these two women who went this coupon counting scheme um, Vince Vaughn and Paul Walter Hauser are people investigating what happened it's like a very throwaway crime comedy type thing and it the tone's not always great, but it is entertaining. Um, mm -hmm. And specifically, Vince Vaughn and Paul Walter Hauser, they have this fun relationship that like takes over a lot of the second half of the film. That's that's worthwhile. It's worth checking out um, as far as kind of seeing these two comedic pairings that are happening. There's, there's fun stuff there. Okay, last one. <laughs> uh, Spike Lee's documentary, New, New York Epicenters. It's been this four-part series on HBO. It concluded last night on anniversary of 9-11 it's a documentary that covers basically everything that's happened in new york from 9-11 to now it is fantastic uh spike lee is a great documentarian uh, he's made a number of docs over the years and they, they tend to be very good for the girls when the levies broke for example uh this one is right up there as far as he gets a ton of interviews from like everybody that's ever been involved in new york in some way that like had some kind of some kind of fame from like you know, for obviously from like firefighters uh, to various actors he's worked with to people that were like on the news randomly that he was able to track down and bring in for an interview to the families of people that were that that died during 9/11 to people involved in the stuff going on now with COVID and what have you to the to De Blasio to like so many people he's gotten interviewed here. It's four parts. Each part is like 90 minutes to two hours. It's 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 really neat. It's really neat to see. It's a really it's a really great documentary series. So yeah, pointed that one out too. Okay, okay. I'm done. That's that's all, that's all the stuff I had. <laughs> all right, that's enough quickies. <laughs> let's move on. Let's get to let's get to our trailer talk. We're on the news movie trailers of the week. What's coming out? What have you? This week we have a brand new trailer for The Matrix Resurrections. This is the fourth Matrix film from director Lana Wachowski, notably without her sister. Uh, this is, as I said, the fourth Matrix film that reunites Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss and adds on to the cast Yaya Abdul-Mateen and and uh, uh, Jessica Henwick, among many others, Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Priyanka Chopra, Jonas, that's what the name. Uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of stuff going on in this fourth Matrix movie. What do we think of it? Kevin, are you, are you a Matrix guy? Do you like the Matrix movies? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> buckle it again. We're back to computers. <laughs> um, I liked the first one. Um, I don't remember it. I haven't seen it in probably twenty years. So I did like the first one. I thought it was cool. Side note: I went to the ballet with Carrie Ann Moss once. Oh. <laughs> Very weird. We didn't talk the whole time. I mean, I was with somebody else, and she came with us, and uh, it was just awkward. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of awkward. 
Yeah, it was very strange. Like, I didn't even know what to, And it was while The Matrix is out. So <laughs> you could tell she was kind of, like, looking for people to be like, oh, you're in The Matrix. So it was oh. just awkward and weird and strange. But anyway, the sequels I don't remember at all, but I remember not liking them. But, you know, I like Wachowskis um, or one of them now. I think it's Lana, Lana's doing it this one. Lana, right? yes. Um, yeah. And... You know, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with the world now that the world is in a different place. You know, at the time, all those special effects and stuff were so brand new, and now it's not. So I'm curious as to how it'll translate now. But I was intrigued by the trailer. It looked like I felt like it, it felt more relatable. I felt like I was going to be able to dive into the world again easier mm-hmm. um, than I had with the other two sequels. Uh, it does seem a little bit like a retread of the first one, but... I need to rewatch all three of them, so I, I don't know what to say. But I, I'm, I'm on board. I'm going to go for sure. I like Keanu. Everybody loves Keanu. Right? Um, <laughs> I am so <laughs> intrigued by this trailer, like on many levels, uh, almost like on every level that Kevin has just mentioned, because I'm curious about uh, the plot. And it's like, well, I think that, you know, Lana probably wouldn't want to do a retread per se, because... And if they did, it's it, who's Thomas and what is all this like life that he's living in San Francisco? And, mm-hmm. you know, the San Francisco vibe kind of just gave me a lot of my life vibe <laughs> of just like, hey, your your life is just meaningless because <laughs> you just work at a tech startup and, you know, you should be doing other things. But I'm also like reading some things about like the duck on his head and, and whatever else. But with all that being said, I, I think I'm just also super excited that I have another really – thoughtful crazy like action-packed movie that i'm really gonna look forward to uh-huh. super excited about in a while and i know that we have a lot of ip that we've talked about uh in the past like just coming up all the time but for this one like the matrix series has really grown on me in terms of the concepts that they're bringing forth like the movies themselves like the execution of it kind of can be debated but the ideas of just you know the matrix or uh, a Jesus complex or whatever else that that actually is very fascinating to me. So I'm so curious as to like what the story is gonna be because I uh, like what Kevin said, if it's a retread and somebody one of my friends mentioned this to me, he was just like, oh, I hope that it's not Force Awakens. And I was like, you just gave me chills down my spine. <laughs> like if it was gonna be that, that'd be that'd be a terrible thing. Um, but I, I'm very curious as to what's going to happen here, but I'm pretty excited for it. And, um, they were shooting down pre COVID down the street from my office. Um, so we saw a bunch of trucks, uh, and, uh, some high wires, uh, up above, but you know, now I know what that scene is all about, but I, I am curious to, to see what this movie is. As I've made clear over the years, Reloaded's my favorite one. So it's like, mm-hmm. if you're going to give me more of the sequels, cool. Like I'm down for that. I like the series in general. The first two specifically are i mean two of my favorite movies in general um i am not too concerned of it being like a force awakens style retread because the wachowskis are smarter than that frankly i mean they're just yes yeah they, they wouldn't lana wachowski's not going to come back to make a matrix movie if it's just so i can make it you know they can make it again like they have ideas and from everything i've heard this is a lot more like cloud atlas than it is like the first matrix so i that that makes me excited because if you even without being the matrix if you're telling me keanu reeves and lana wachowski have decided to make a sci-fi action movie together 
count mm-hmm. me in. Like, why would I not want to see that? <laughs> like, even when they miss, and I'm per- I'm a person that likes pretty much everything the Witch House has done, and even Jupiter Ascending, the one film I'm sort of negative on, it's like, it's not hey. like, it's not like, it's, oh, I was saying, it's not like they didn't try. Like, it, it's, it's, it's more just like, some things about it don't work for me, but it's not like I'm not acknowledging it wanted to do a lot of things, and I wish it just did it a little better or a little more coherently. Regardless, mm-hmm. I mean, they have a blank check in my book to do whatever they want to and continue churning out, like, interesting, ambitious stuff. And that's sure. what I'm getting from this trailer. It looks fantastic. Like, as a piece of, as just, like, a work of trailer art, it looks fantastic. <laughs> like, it's such a great trailer. It's such a great piece of filmmaking. But, it lo- like, the cinematography here just looks so, like, refreshing as far as Look at all these colors and, you know, cinematic imagery and uses of, like, action technology, you know, special effects and action to, like, give you something that, you know, yes, we had, like, Kevin, you mentioned, we have a lot of, you know, stuff that feels the same now compared to 1999, but it's, like, the, these, the they they seem to get, like, how do you use this to, like, your advantage? Like, how do you use special effects in a way that feels unique and that's what i'm really hoping to get a lot of out of, out of this movie so mm-hmm. i yeah i i was already like why would i not want to see this now seeing this trailer, I'm like i am really excited to see the next matrix movie so you know bring it on that's, that's what i say the matrix resurrections opens december 22nd on in theaters and on hbo max so choose the wow. red pill or the blue pill <laughs> all right so with that out of the way let's move on now let's get to our main review for malignant when i was young Something happened to me. Stop saying that. Daddy, who are you talking to? Gabriel. Is he your imaginary friend? Whatever you went through before you joined our family, it hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. You created him. Daddy, what's going on? So that you could survive. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Malignant. James Wan has come a long way since Saw. Following a few more horror films, he eventually delivers Furious 7, which grossed over a billion dollars. After another Conjuring film, which is also a billion dollar franchise, he made Aquaman, which also made over a billion dollars. Before we see what Arthur is up to in The Lost Kingdom, Juan has decided to go back to his lower scale horror roots and deliver Malignant, a medium budget horror film that follows Annabelle Wallace as a woman who begins to have visions of people being brutally murdered. But why is she the one having these visions? Kevin... Did the Seattle set horror film leave you feeling thrilled or crying in the rain? <laughs> what a question. Um, I will say that I did know there was going to be a twist because somebody blew it. Well, not blew oh. it. You told me. So they just said the first half is one movie and then the second half is another movie. Kind of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I was prepared for something. Although I thought the twist was something else and I was like, that was kind of lame. And then when it then it really does happen. I was like, oh, that's what she's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But I was kind of not totally with it for the first probably 80 minutes of it, just because I didn't think he got the tone right. I feel like he's trying to do um, Drag Me to Hell. Uh Uh, Mm -hmm. And Sam Raimi's good at at that tone, like mixing the comedy with the horror and making it really scary, but also really goofy, Mm -hmm. but you're totally on board. I don't think he was doing it like some of the actors, like the girl with the glasses who had a crush on the detective. Mm-hmm. She was in a different movie altogether. Um, that's his the, wife, by the way. That's James Wan's wife, I believe. Oh, really? Who, has, who also has a story credit on the film. Yes. Interesting. Oh. Um, I felt like they wanted Wanda Sykes and couldn't get her. And so they had a, a knockoff Wanda Sykes. 
mm-hmm. didn't totally work. I don't know. It just wasn't working for me. And then when the twist happened, I wasn't even sure what I felt about it. But the more, but I was fascinated <laughs> when I was watching it. Uh-huh. Like everything, the the scene in the cell with the with all the prostitutes. I was like, are they prostitutes from different time periods? And, <laughs> like it was so weird that I was just like giggling because I'm like, this is like terrible. But is it on purpose? I mean, yes, obviously it is. A lot of it's on purpose because he's doing a style mm-hmm. from you know the '80s and and Italian cinema. But I was on. I it's almost like I'm telling people to see it because you got to see it to believe it. That's all. Fair enough. I will say right now, as we get into this more, we will probably address some things that happen in a spoiler capacity. So I'll I'll be sure to note that as we get to the review. But Abe, what did you think of *Malignant*? So I am not a huge horror genre fan. Not not that I don't like these movies, but I kind of just don't really like a bunch of jump scares in my face. Um, and so watching this, uh, it certainly starts out the way that a James Bond movie would start out, where you have a creepy setting. Uh, involving a house, and you basically know everything about that house. Like, I can still tell you how that house is laid out, right? Mm-hmm. And fantastic from one. Um, and then as it goes along here, yes, there's like a tonal shift uh, because the the daytime scenes or even something like the the acting from some of the, the other actors are kind of like jokesy and uh, like almost hilarious bad cop banter. Mm-hmm. Um, played by really good-looking people, though. Um, and, <laughs> you know, kudos to Juan for always putting in, like, an Asian male detective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I just – I'm just like, yeah, cool, yeah, thanks. And this one just has to be, like ha- – happens to be, like, half Asian as well. He, but, looked, he looked like a- Asian Freddie Prince Jr. That's the thought vibe <laughs> I kept getting from him. <laughs> I could see it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, as the movie goes along there, there's really strong, like, gore, gorific moments – and then there's also, like, really strong, like, WTF, like, what is this music choice? Because I'm just hearing, like, rock music play out when they're uh, when they're doing investigations or, like, when you see um, the two detectives kind of, like, doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it keeps going, and you get to where going. you need to go to, and all of a sudden, like, it gets kind of, like, really crazy. And to be honest... I fucking love this movie. <laughs> like, yes. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? And I, like, even with, like, the goof stuff, I definitely hear you, Kevin. On, like, the tonal shift, it feels weird. But to your point, like, maybe, like, a Drag Me to Hell or some other horror comedy thing, I think that the thing that really just throws it off the most is that he does start off classic one. And if you're, if you're just like, well, I was expecting, like, a haunted house you know, really uh, spooky, like, um, horror movie like that. Maybe that's not what you're going to get, per se, but at the same time, I think that it really, like, it, it speaks to, like, I, I watched, like, a little mini featurette after this. I watched this at H- on HBO Max mm-hmm. with, with volume, <laughs> but um, I was, he had mentioned, like, you know, I like to do original things to just keep the mind creative. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty clever. This is pretty cool. It does remind me of a few other things, like a Tales from the Crypt episode yeah, and or, yeah. um, you know, something that I've seen in the past. I kind of guessed where it was going to go, which is mm-hmm. probably not a bad thing, because the thing that makes up for where you think it's going to go is how fucking crazy a sequence is at the end. Yeah, I, like, uh, I don't think it's hard to get, like, what the basic idea is, but it's like, the right. how it does this, it's like, okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, it, it kind of like breadcrumbs clues along to you the entire way with just the way that 
mannerisms or the way that something moves, um, which is pretty clever. But all that being said, like it, it I agree with Kevin. Like you kind of have to see it to believe it. So I was just writing to my friends. I was like, dude, this movie is it's crazy, but it's also like low key, high key, hilarious. And like there's like a what the fuck moment with it. And the what the fuck moment is not exactly what you're maybe what you're thinking. The what the fuck moment to me is you've seen Terminator's cop <laughs> headquarters shootout. What the <laughs> fuck, man? This movie is fucking crazy, crazy cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I can't really say that it's for everybody. But at the same time, if you watch it, you're going to just know that it's not one of those where you have to like hide behind a, a blanket because it really brings like a level of absurdity some to some degree and that absurdity yeah. is played up for laughs sometimes yeah i uh kevin drag me to hell is a great example that's kind of been the one i've been using as far as how to relate this movie to like what's going on because one like similar to sam raimi one is coming here or similar to one sam raimi came off of spider-man made a bunch of you know huge movies like let me go back to doing dialing it down and making something smaller scale so he made drag me to hell mm -hmm. this is exactly that as far as okay i've 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 done a lot of big stuff lately let me go back down a bit <laughs> and make you know something like this and yes it's not as successful as drag me to hell which i love i think that movie's amazing um mm -hmm. and i think it's partly because yeah james wan just he doesn't quite know how to grasp that gonzo energy for a consistent period of time this movie right. is a little long it's hour and 50 minutes it could be it could be tightened up a lot to kind of capitalize more on it at the same time i i agree with abe this movie's insane and you i mean we're both we're all saying it's an insane movie in terms of like where it goes and i i mean yeah it is it, it goes to insane places and if anything uh, i wish this movie was you know crazier and in 3d because uh, <laughs> 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 it has so much like that there's a yeah there is a pretty like the action sequence taking place in a police station that's like this could be in 3d and be amazing if you watch it a certain way um but yeah no i i i i was enjoying this movie anyway before it got like nutso just because i i like Juan's style in general i think this is one of his better horror movies honestly and, and overall like i'm a big fan of insidious i i've never been a huge fan of saw and the conjuring films i'm kind of like yeah all right uh, so this is like, yeah, all right, let me, he's only become a better director since his early days. So it's like him doing his early stuff again, but just with the skill he's skills he's acquired since then and having like a, you know, do anything money as far as this kind of thing goes. So like all of that really kind of worked for me. The, the one thing I really noticed watching this, having watched uh, old a few you know weeks ago, there's a lot of one I think has in common with Shyamalan as far as how he writes his characters and like how they're performed. Now, their films are decidedly different, but I do think there's a lot of the same, like, awkward, quirky dialogue and acting rhythms that can feel stilted, but still feel very mm -hmm. deliberate. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think he, I don't think he watches this movie or watches, like, the dailies, edits it together and be like, oh, that's not what I wanted. I think he's getting exactly what he wants out of this movie. Um, whether or not, you know, we respond to that positively, that's a different story, but I do think he's getting what he's going for here. And so as a result, yes, some of the acting... Outside of Annabelle Wallace, who I think is really solid in this movie, she has to carry a lot. I, I do think a lot of the actors are like just kind of there and giving big scared faces or reading some like awkward dialogue lines. But I think it's fitting a certain kind of style. And this is, as you mentioned, Kevin, this is like an ode to Italian horror films, an ode to Giallo to an extent, but made mm -hmm. in this kind of rock and roll way, which is, I think, pretty cool. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it like, it certainly builds towards something that's way more interesting 
over, compared to like the more procedural version of what's going on. That's it. Like, there's a huge chase in the middle of this movie. That's like one of my favorite horror chases since Seven. Yeah. Like, there's. Um... I, I was gonna say that too. I was like, when's the last time you actually saw like a chase, an action chase sequence in a horror movie? Like, like this, where it's like going yeah. covering like a lot of ground and like multiple right. levels and stuff. It's and done practically. Like, it's an actual actor that's doing these things, which can impress me. Yeah. And yeah, there's there's like some clever stuff, like you mentioned, Abe, as far as how we're setting up where this is going without revealing it right away to you. Like there's just, there's a lot there. And so like overall, yeah, I, I don't think it's perfect by any means. And I do think it has some struggles in, with its runtime or whatnot, but in terms of the journey we're on and where it goes, it fucking delivers. <laughs> like it gets you there. And it's really, it's really fun uh, doing so. I mean, for you guys, I mean, as the horror elements go, were they horrific or was it just more of like, yeah, this is because you guys are mentioning Giallo. I haven't seen as much, but there there certainly is some gore factor in this. But it's like the, overall, it's, is it is it like a horror movie that you're like, oh yeah, no, it really fits with X Y Z. In in regards to Giallo, I'll just I'll point people to we did a really fun and full length episode covering Giallo last year in our October horror mm-hmm. episodes where we really covered the genre like that area of the genre. So it's, and it's having now and I was less familiar before we did that episode. So having seen so many films within the last year that kind of fit that realm, it's neat to watch something like this that's very modern, obviously. But yeah, it's it's all about like the kind of the way the bloodshed happens, the lighting, mm, the okay. kind of campness, the mystery, like all those elements kind of factor into what makes it fit in that realm, even though it's not exactly a giallo film. But yeah. but no, I I appreciated what it was trying to do in that regard. Uh, Kevin, would you say would you agree? Would you say like would you say it was scary at all? Like would you find this a scary movie? No, and that, I was it's funny because I was thinking about that when um, uh-huh. when I was listening to both of your takes on it. Um, yeah, it just there was nothing scary about it to me at all, mm-hmm. and I kind of wished at least the beginning because he's trying to do like I'm going to do my usual shtick and then right. switch. And his usual stick is usually, granted, it's always a lot of loud noises and jump scares, but they're effective. And I wanted more of that at the beginning. I was just, that's why I was like almost a little bored at the beginning because I'm like, get me to whatever this twist is going to be because I didn't really care about Annabelle Wallace's character. Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand her or know her and I just didn't care. Did you watch this Uh, in theaters or on Max? Theaters. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, and it was funny because after it was over, I was like, yeah, I don't need to see it again. Um, but now I feel like I kind of want to watch it again because, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I just want to like study it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I do, I kind of just want to watch the last 20 minutes again. <laughs> so, so, so I have watched it twice um, at this point. Yeah, I watched it like on Thursday night and then I watched it last night late because it was there. And I was like, I can watch this again just to be brief. And like, Abe, I agree with you as far or I you pointed out like you know there's a lot of clues watching it again you certainly see what it's doing to set up where it goes like there's it's mm-hmm. all over the film and it's clever in that regard does it make it better not necessarily it's just i had the same thoughts on it but i did appreciate like what Juan was clearly doing in the movie to get you to a certain place and make it feel like it yeah that makes <laughs> whatever sense you want to say it makes like it, mm-hmm. it does it does have everything to alert you to the fact that this is where it was always going to go, which is neat. But I agree with you, Kevin. It's not a particularly scary movie, at least not to, I think, people like us who watch horror movies on a pretty frequent level. Uh, right. It, it, like, you could, even, like, the jump scares are just kind of, like, 
they're telegraphed, right? There's never one that's like, oh, I can't believe something jumped out at me right then. Like, right. it's like, yeah, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, and well, like, even like the slangs, too. Even right? the, sl- yeah, the slangs, I think. And that's where the, like, giallo factor comes in. Or even like, I don't know, like Wes Craven movies, where they're not necessarily like scary. It's just about like the mood and like yeah. the way you're seeing the bloodshed happen. Like, it's not something. It's horrific without being surprising, if that makes sense. It, like, the surprise comes more in the narrative than it does in the scares. I will say there, to to talk, about, uh, this is a spoiler thing, but the, and I'll try to disguise it a little bit, but uh-huh. the the person who falls into a scene, uh-huh. I, I think they needed, to, like, I wish he had put a different hair color on them, because I thought it was Annabelle Wallace. And I was like, what? She's got a twin? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I was really like intrigued. I'm like, okay, now where is this going? And See, then when you realize it's not your, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Wallace does have like big shaggy brown hair. Like that's her thing. I mean, I think it, but yeah. I, I, but I do, it's I can, thing. I can, well, I mean, in terms of like, I, I who the character is, I mean, but I can't agree with you as far as there's a lot of white people. In, like you mentioned like the cops who are notably Asian and black, but it's like the rest of the people are all like, you know, brunette white women. Like it's not, it's not much yeah. discrepancy between any of them. Even like when you see like various mothers in this movie, it's like they all look pretty much the same. <laughs> like there's not a lot of room for diversity in the family, yeah. family aspect of it. Despite the fact that some characters are adopted and like half sisters and things, it's like okay. Right. So I, I get I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's like, like as far as like the characters go, yeah, it, it's a pretty homogenous cast. And you know, Kevin, to your point about but it's Seattle, that, so you know. Maybe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm actually, I'm actually glad that they chose like one. I don't know if he does this for all his other movies, but like you know, choosing Seattle is like, hey, by the way, it's not like rural Washington. You know what I mean? It's like no, they live in like downtown Seattle, and all these doctors are in like suburb Seattle. Mm-hmm. But uh, with like the the character that you're talking about in that um, living room scene, I was like, yeah, I I don't know what like who what. Am I missing something? But, you know, it gets revealed to you fairly quickly. Even, like, the therapist and, like, the doctor. Like, everybody looks pretty much the same. I forgot that there was a therapist, yeah. Yeah, Because Mm -hmm. you'd be convinced that it's probably one of the same doctors that was already murdered. But you're like, I guess they're alive. I don't know. Like, whatever. I was hoping that that was that comedian from Baskets. I forget her name, but it wasn't. (laughs) Martha (laughs) Kelly? Yeah, Martha Kelly. I was like, that would have been a great choice. You're going into a slumber. If this movie, ha- if this is like, I don't know, like the informant, where it's like, let's pack a lot of comedians into this drama. Like, <laughs> having, and uh, like Kevin, you mentioned, like having Wanda Sykes as one of the cops, which, yes, it's hard not, just given like the way their attitude is and their hair, yep. it's like, her this style. does feel like this could have been a Wanda Sykes character. <laughs> right. Like, props to, you know, I mean, Nicole, Brianna White, like, good job, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, there, there's a certain type cinematically that he seems to be going for here. It's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually want to ask you guys about the cold open of this movie. Um, what did you guys, what were your takeaways from the cold open? I, I like seeing big, scary hospitals in the opening scenes of movies. Like, that's a fun way to establish a setting. There's just something, somehow the, the way he films that as far as, like, giving you, like, here's where we are. Some insane asylum in 93, the most terrifying <laughs> of years. Um, it's like, <laughs> I, I like that kind of setup. The ozone layer was depleting, Aaron. Were you not alive? Come on. <laughs> Their um, director, Mike Mendez, who directed the film Big Ass Spider, among other, and Lavalantula, among other things, he plays yeah. the one of the doctor or like one of the 
I don't know, hospital guys that has, like, the dart gun. He's in that sequence. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Like, he, he makes a lot of, like, YouTube videos, like, horror videos oh, okay. and stuff. That's, like, it's neat. It's, like, there's a lot of, like, stuff in that sequence that just feels like want... I mean, the whole movie's want having fun, but that feels like a, a like, kind of a small sequence of... Juan got a bunch of friends together and made this like, w- like small little movie of like people getting thrown around hospital rooms and like weird stuff happening and we don't quite know what like, it, like it reminded me of honestly, it reminded me of like the opening of Jurassic Park, as far as like oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's some weird unknown happening everyone's there, you know shoot get the dark guns out all that stuff that's that's kind of what yeah. I got from that opening what yeah you, Kevin, um I mean I liked it but I I felt like it gave away the the movie. When she yeah. said cut cut the 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 two, whatever she said, I was immediately like, okay, now I know what it is. I didn't know quite that it was going to be inside something, mm-hmm. somebody, but I knew that was going to be the twist of some sort. I just didn't know how they were going to do it, I, and I, I like... felt like that was a misstep. I wanted, I I, I think that line should have been missing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, it, I, it does get repeated later too, like yeah. from the villain. I, I think we don't have enough to know, like. Obviously, we don't have enough to know on, like, what's going on exactly, but I do think the movie is, it, it's so arch in that way, as far as, like, having it say, cut the cancer out, and then the title, Malignant, pops up on screen. It's like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, like, I, I get that. And there's... a pretty clever use of, uh, of title sequence, or I'm sorry, of a uh, credit sequence For as sure. well, with yeah. just the letters. But I, I get that it's, like, it's. It has a twist of sorts, but it's not it's not one where it's like one's trying to like throw you off completely and then bring you back in. Like I don't think Well I don't yeah, think having an I like, don't think I don't think having an idea of where it's going that is necessarily a flaw of this movie. And and that's sort of like the tone that I got from the cold open, which is I'm spooked by this, and then all of a sudden the doctor says, Take her down and I just like laughed. <laughs> Because it's like, why would you say this in this way? And why would he shoot it in this way? And to your point, Aaron, it is almost like a shooter sequence. And I was like, oh, okay, is this is this a movie for that that I'm not gonna be as scared of? Uh, and then obviously the first like ten minutes of this movie are a classic one. I'm like, no, I'm gonna be scared. And then later it's just like, oh, okay, no, it's um, it's not that. Like Kevin, so, I I I see when you when you say like it's not as good as something like Drag Me to Hell. That's or I get you completely. Like I do think there's a way to handle that opening. And, like, stuff during that first, sure. like, half of the movie that leans into that tone more. That can, mm-hmm. be, that can be more consistent, I guess. Like, it, it, yeah. it's not a movie that lacks humor, but it's certainly, like, not trying to be... It's not overtly trying to be funny for a good majority of it. Even sure. when it gets to, like, the crazy yes, stuff, yeah. it's not really trying to be funny. It just is because, I mean, look at it. <laughs> like, it's not hard to not, not, not be amused by some of the things that are taking place. And I think Juan knows that. But, yeah, it's not... <laughs> It's not quite nailing the kind of like, look how gonzo this is energy quite, th- you know, throughout the movie. Right. And I think that's what I, why I had a problem with the first half of it, because I couldn't figure out if it was just bad uh-huh. or it was intentionally bad. I mean, in the second and, and, you know, in, in the gonzo part, you're like, yes, I know exactly what he's doing and I'm loving it. And that's fun. But, yeah, the beginning, I, like I would laugh and I was like, I think I'm and I was the only person who laughed uh-huh. <laughs> like in the theater at some of the stuff in the first part of it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, OK am I just laughing because this is really dumb or, or and like some of the dialogue is really terrible. But I feel like with this, with again, going back to the drag me to health comparison, like you intentionally knew, you know, when she's in the car and the little, yeah. the little handkerchief is floating around, like I was rolling on the floor, yeah. but, <laughs> but you knew he, like he was doing it on purpose. It wasn't bad. It was purposely trying like being goofy and, mm-hmm. and, and still scary in a, in a way too. Yeah. 
Well, that, yeah, I just wish he leaned into it more, and, like you said. And that's why I, I bring up Shyamalan, because I think he has a similar problem, where it's like, I, I don't think him or Juan aren't aware of what they're doing. I don't think they can sure. watch this thing and write it the way they've written it and get the performances that they're getting out of them and be like, yep, nailed it, completely going to work. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that that's, like, I don't think they're not aware of what kind of performances they're getting out of actors. They've made a lot of movies. They know how this works. Sure. But, yeah, I think it's kind of adjusting to a certain style that can be you know that can be a challenge on an audience but also it's a challenge to do to begin with as far as how do you how do you make it clear that i am going for this and i can i can see that you know because i agree with you like i i can recognize it after the fact looking at these performances thinking okay like clearly some of these lines are over the top or you know the way they're delivering them is awkward but like yeah. in the moments, I'm not thinking to expect that to begin with, right? So it's like yeah, yeah, and and even from you know my perspective, where I just I'm not as familiar with all the references you guys are making, mm-hmm. I I got it too, you know, and I think that that's kind of like the journey that the movie is trying to take you on. I obviously I feel the same way that Kevin feels around you know the tonality of it in the beginning, because as a horror person, you're or somebody who's going to go see what is classified as a horror film, you're just curious as like why is this acting so bad? But it's also like I I get it as well, which is like, hey, I'm going to go for like this 90s, 80s, like even like you could technically say that the first part of this movie is like this made for TV horror movie. Uh, <laughs> and you'd be I like, know. oh, yeah, no, they, I totally can see that because up to that chase, like minus the chase being shot incredibly and also like taking such a long time mm-hmm. that feels like something that you'd be like oh yeah this is like a sunday afternoon movie where they've edited some things and i'm just like watching it and it has like bad dialogue but i went with it and you know does it pay you off kind of but at the same time like you know if you're not really with it by i would say by the time that you get to um like that second kill yeah then you're not really with it. And the reason why is because that second kill takes a lot of time to set up. And then there's even a part is where it's like... Is this like the, the hotel room one? The hotel, yeah. Okay. And I was like, why is this guy cleaning up the... <laughs> Shouldn't he be concerned that there's like a murderer in his house or in his room? Why would he think that, though? All he knows is there's an open window. He sees footsteps that were wet footsteps in the closet. He's like, let me just get a towel and clean up. Maybe it's just but wet water. Point, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at that point, I'm just like, okay, if you're expecting like something else... You're not going to get that. But at the same time, like if you're also expecting something else, maybe this movie isn't for you. Like I hope that you stay till the payoff at the end. But I wouldn't be surprised or I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, hold that against you if you're just like, this movie's not for me. I do like how bumbly that scene is where he's like, I'll get a I towel know. and then I'll use my foot to clean up the water. Like it's just such a, a lot I also of... just like how it's like, hello, Dr. So and so it was like he just stops giving up. Like he's just like, Oh, my phone just went dead. But there's, there's just... a lot of process going on in that scene. <laughs> and it's it's very long and extended, and that's why I think that it really like tests your your willingness to watch the rest of this movie in the same light. I will say people walked out of it when we were there. Oh, no. <laughs> like about three couples walked out. Yeah. Just and I was, they were and I was like, oh, shoot, this is going to do bad. However, and I saw it, you know, opening night just with a regular old audience. Uh-huh. When it ended, people applauded. There you go. Oh, wow. There you, there go. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was also surprised by because I was like, I have no clue how people are reacting to this. I could not. Yeah. yeah. Be- before we get to kind of other things that happen in this movie yeah. is there any other thing you want to make note of i mean the technical aspect that we just talked about um you, know, you can visually see all these kills and all of this action stuff which is great um you know what that's not nothing really new for one 
But then the other thing is also um friend of the show, Vandy Price, pointed this out, and I, I thought the same thing. The score is fantastic. It's a yeah, good score. Yeah, it's good music. Yeah. Like, yeah. the rock stuff, but also, like, the really scary, like, bump in the night stuff. I was like, this is really effective. Yeah, that's um Joseph Bashara, who I believe has done a lot of um ones. He did The Conjuring. He didn't sit. Yeah, he did all. He's done a lot of ones films. Uh, he mixes. Uh, I don't know what the song is, but people keep on oh, mentioning a song. Where's my mind? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's an actual cover. It's not from him specific. It's uh, the, the band Safari Riot. It's a cover that, okay. that they did of Where's My Mind. Yeah, yes, I figured it was something. And it's a recurring motif that happens in the film, but it's. I like it too. <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> I, I, I like the song, and I'm not going to oppose you know various riffs on it in a horror movie, no less. Like that's that's right. fun. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's dive in a little bit to uh, the you know the 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 third act of this movie, uh, where uh, spoilers now for those that do not plan do that plan on seeing the film or what have you. Uh, here we go. Uh, as it is revealed, <laughs> just uh-huh, I'm listening. Uh, Madison, <laughs> Annabelle Wallace's character, Madison, when she was when she was born, she had not quite a conjoined twin, but just like a massive tumor. That's a real thing, not mm. to the extent that this movie goes, no, but to, but it is a real thing as far as it's an extreme version of teratoma where it's this like, it's this like, uh, <laughs> this, this uh, giant tumor essentially that can actually like forms somewhat to the point of having like organs and like a body to some degree. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a tat and it's, so it shares a brain with Madison. <laughs> and so you get this eventual vi- like recording showing what it is where you like, you see Mad- like regular little Madison. Then you pan around the camera and there's this like fucking crazy tumor thing with a face and a mouth and teeth <laughs> and little arms <laughs> and a rib cage. That's all like coming out of the back of her head and her back. It's insane. It is the craziest, like, <laughs> thinking, okay, clearly we're going to learn something here. That's not what I expected to learn. Like, that That's a, that was a choice. And mm-hmm. so, so the idea is that they, it became too, like, too powerful and too much because it was doing things. And so they decided to, like, cut out all of that, what they could, and then, like, sew the, what they can back into her body. And so it's been kind of, like, lying dormant for years until, like, an abusive husband, like, cracks open Madison's head, and the thing starts, like, emerging again and taking on a life of its own and using her body to conduct murders. It's a lot. That's a lot to take in. Um... (laughs) As a studio exec, I'm just like, "Mm, I don't know, James. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Kevin, what was your reaction to, like, first understanding, like, oh, this is what this is? I mean, it perked me up. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was kind of like, I you know I will I totally also admit that I kept on like nodding off like for seconds at a time. Mm-hmm. I also had wine before I saw this movie, <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. So we established that. But as soon as they showed yeah the flailing arms and the back of her body, <laughs> I literally was like, what? And the and the music Am makes I sure watching? you're aware that this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah. And it 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 just reminded me of like old '80s movies that I actually didn't really watch during the '80s. I watched them probably later because uh-huh. um, I have friends who like that type of stuff, and so I'd see them later. So it re- I was like, oh, he's kind of going for like that old body horror from the '80s stuff. Stuff yeah. that's also super goofy, and is and they've all become cult classics at this point. Um, but then what I really loved about it, and what is why I would watch it again. I liked the choreography of it. Yes. Because it was just like how they even did it and still made it look like, you know, she's walking backwards or she's fighting backwards. And 
like yeah. it was just fascinating to watch and i was like i don't even know how you do that which again was done practically like and that's a yeah. thing we don't give enough credit or at least like it always seems like after the fact we give credit to it because like the same thing happened in like conjuring 2 where you had that like that tall man thing yeah and uh, everyone assumed that it was like a visual effect it's like no we just found a guy and just used trick photography to make it work and so it's like yeah. they did the same thing here they had us they had a, a dancer i believe who was able to perform the way that was needed obviously there's camera tricks or whatever you're doing to kind of enhance that ability but yeah it's yeah. they're live on camera and i yeah. agree with you it is like I, I i you know watching this unfold and seeing the kind of actions they were performing it was less like obviously it's nuts but i was also like fascinated by the mechanics of making this work on a camera <laughs> like that was right. just really getting to me yeah yeah yep. like it, it is visually stimulating to see that uh you know to see uh gabriel moving and I forget when we talked about the trailer, I forget who said it, but um, we were essentially saying like, it's weird to see him with a set of two feet reverse crawling, not reverse crawling up a chimney. And I was like, yeah, that, that scene is uh, pretty wild, but the the way that all of it plays out is pretty crazy. I I think like, you know, given that we're in spoiler territory, I wasn't sure what was happening in the cold open because I was like, why am I seeing these socks that, that look like they're for kids? Uh, And then (laughs) I see like the image of like, four dead people and then also like somebody being strapped in a chair and it looks very um grotesque and do we ever come uh, back to those socks by the way like i watched it twice now i don't remember no, going back to the I don't socks think so. like i kept thinking i, I think was it's just come more back. of like you know to show you that it, it might not be uh, an uh, adult mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but yeah. with all that being said i was just like it feels like this is like an adult that was murdering these because how why would a kid do this and then you, you get through the real this is sort of related to the tales from the crypt story where there's an ice cream man <laughs> And um, Go on. he sells ice cream. He he puts the money in the freezer where his ice cream bars are. Two brothers kill him, thinking that they've killed that they they you know they're gonna steal his money. And it's revealed that he had a twin that was just like on his back. Um, and they killed the twin, and therefore they are now dead because the other twin kills them. But um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, you, we, we had to make up some lame pun. Um, how is that double scoop for you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this movie is is wild in that I'd love to I, see Crip Keeper stand up. I, I wouldn't have a great see, like been able to as a director. You know, Aaron, to your point earlier, you're making like these billion dollar franchises. You're like, let me go back and make something. Let me make something this weird. You know. Yeah. And like kudos to Juan. It's just like, hey, yeah, you and your writing partners, maybe your wife and somebody else. It's like kudos to you guys for just being like, let's make something crazy where, you know, um, a, a little girl, we can pretend like she's hearing voices, but it's really just like the um, the twin living inside of her skull. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is fucking wild. Um, Which never doesn't look never doesn't yeah. look painful, by the way. Every time it's like, let me open up the back of my head so I can emerge and come. It's like this looks terrible. This looks worse yeah. than adamantium coming out of Wolverine's hands every time. It's just like, oh yeah. god. But there's there's like you know we talked about clues in the main review, and I love that the clues because I even had questions. I was like, I was like, why does it look like so shaggy all the time? And then also, <laughs> like, why is it? She, she's doing laundry. Juan loves making people do laundry in the dead of night. Yes. But yeah. when she <laughs> yes, wakes up, yeah. why is it morning? You know what I mean? And I and then also I love that the kills are just like the kills all of their heads are turned backwards. <laughs> and I, I, we only see it for one. We we see it for the ex husband, and then the other one is described to us as sort of the same way. 
But um, I was like, oh, that that's pretty clever. Um, Gabriel likes he has a lot of bits apparently. Like he loves he he jumps he jumps jumping on microphones and t- you know talking about things. Yeah. He, he has a he has a look. The second he gets a chance, he's like, all right, let me get my coat. Let me get these gloves. Let me make this yeah. very giallo looking weapon. This kind of gold yeah. stabbing device made out of a trophy. Like that's that's straight out of an Argento movie. Um, like it's just like okay, he he has a style that he's certainly going for. He, he doesn't want to just kill people. He wants to do it with his like this very specific look that he's assembled for himself over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's still in goth mode, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you guys about the. Um, I, I want to ask you guys about the uh, the mom. Uh, what did you guys think of that storyline? As in the the real the birth mother. The birth mother. I mean, I, I like that it was deliberately ambiguous as far as what was going on. It's like, why did he take this person? Why mm-hmm. you know why is he? What's the plan here as far as having her tied up in this? Well, this attic that we don't know is actually Annabelle's uh, huge attic. Madison, Madison's house. It's, right. a, it's a huge house. That house is huge. huge. House. For yeah, just yeah, for just house. her and her shitty husband, like that's a huge house. <laughs> yep. Good shitty He's husband, by the way. Errand. He was working on it. Good shitty husband. Like he didn't have to do much to show how terrible he was in the short amount yeah. of time he had to be on screen. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, yeah, the mom aspect, I, I guess I was just curious as to, I was also wondering why, did it, why is he, he's taking victims now? The reveal yeah. of it is so, so. I got confused by that whole thing because mm-hmm. suddenly like, and again, even the first time you see it, I thought it was Annabelle Wallace. So I was like, wait, am I missing something? Why is she in an attic right now? Mm-hmm. When did he kidnap her? And then they cut away and I'm like, all right, well, maybe this is going to come back later on. This, I also this, didn't, this, this sounds like notice? this sounds like part of your nodding off aspects though. It's like okay, I mean, they, no. they, they established this character as doing like the tour guide for the underground Seattle and all that. It's like all right, like that's that's a that's real, a, that's real a underground tangent. tour by the way. Yeah, no, I thought that was neat. It's like yeah, if I go ever go to Seattle, that sounds like a cool tour to take. But um, no, that like that ta- I was like all right, that's a tangent. I I don't know how this connects yet, but I'll figure it out. But I even regardless oh, of maybe you know why? Because I thought that was Annabelle Wallace. <laughs> oh, I, was, I, oh. I thought she was the tour guide. I was like oh, that's her job. <laughs> I, um, the cast too close i mean i guess hey it's a mother and daughter so it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i will say regardless of face blindness to these people i i did like that you know once she falls through the floor and it's they're all there on that house that i thought that was a cool reveal i did enjoy like the staging of that the way that it was done yeah yeah, yeah. and then it immediately clicks to that why the where's my mind song again like i thought that was just like okay that's a like, if you're trying to complicate the narrative, that's a fun way to do it. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. she's been in the house the whole time. That's something. What did you guys think of, um, because I, I got confused and I thought they would bring this up and maybe I just missed something. Uh-huh. So she's in the, the jail cell and she's knocking all the prostitutes around. Um, and then later on, they cut back and it's all policemen instead. Mm-hmm. What? Well, no, that no, that, that's her. That's because when they do that, that's when Madison's like locked in, like how she gets paralyzed. That's her, like, because first she sees the dead, like, women all over the place, but then she sees the police. That's just, like, that's her mind showing her, like, what Gabriel's been doing, because at that point, because okay. at that point, she, in her mind, she's still in the jail cell, but Gabriel's actually killing everyone in the police station, so it's just showing, like, the, oh. so it's, it's, it's that mind, it's the, what is it, what's the get out thing? It's the, sunk, she's in her sunken place at that point, just saying crazy shit. Right. Oh, uh, okay. Because yeah, I thought I, I had that maybe the prostitutes weren't real, because... Get, and then she was actually just killing cops, mm-hmm. but because and then I was like, oh, maybe that's why the prostitutes all seemed like they were from different, you know, decades, and they were very arch, 
prostitute mm-hmm. type, type characters. No, it's there it's just really silly as far as yeah. the types of dress that all the like because there's like <laughs> right. there's like a seventies yeah. person and like yeah. a, like a mo <laughs> like a mullet. It's like yeah. this is a lot of weird. Like is it a Halloween drag? And like, it's only prostitutes. I'm like, what's up with Seattle? <laughs> Well, I think it's like it's, a holding cell. I think for a movie like this, it's already kind of mean as far as the amount of death that's in it. It's also like, well, if we're gonna kill a room full of women, I guess we'll give them something to like, to like make it yeah. like distinct. I guess that's the idea. Hmm. There's a lot. There's a huge body count in this movie. By the there, way. there really like, is. When you really I, get I down to it, it I, you know that that starts off like the sequence that is completely bonkers and pretty cool, um, because the way that some of these women are killed in this gel cell this holding cell mm-hmm. i i hate to admit it but pretty 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 cool and then it just gets into like the the police room scene and i just love how vindictive gabriel or what a dick gabriel is because <laughs> like minus all like the killing at one point the two detectives are just trying to run away he just throws a fucking chair at them <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a great throw that. it's a it's a uh, mark hoffmeyer friend of the show he's like best chair throw um in like 20 years like it's such a good truth like throw it's like you know across like, across the room <laughs> yeah he clearly he had clearly one up them already and he's just like here's my finishing move let me just like throw this room this chair across the room at you guys and then i'll i'll get out of the place <laughs> I like how the um uh, the the George Young the the Asian detective, um, yeah. Shaw. I, I like how he's much, uh, he's yeah. so wrapped up in like trying to get this thing. And he keeps getting into like cr- like he gets that crazy that crazy chase to the point mm-hmm. where like they're climbing down the fire escape, which looks fucking great by the way. When the like Gabriel's going down the fire escape and he's going yeah. over over the stairs, and then he's like, "What am I doing?" And he jumps like down onto like a garbage can to try to brace his fall. Yeah. And then he gets like just the the state the staging of that whole sequence where he's like running and he gets to like a wand special another wand specialty underground evil lairs like like he's going into this room full of like stage coaches and stuff and like trying to find gabriel like there's just so much of shaw's face being like what the hell is all this like what am i doing here i mean Hmm. from a story standpoint at that point i was like oh i guess gabriel's practical like he's real because at first i was like maybe it's just like this um again uh, yeah it tries to throw you off right it tries to make you think it's yeah. like a dream demon or something that can just appear yeah, wherever or then... or just like a, a supernatural demon altogether right mm-hmm. and you know she screams in the mirror like he's still here and i was like what is how uh, but then you know we know how but um i i do want to ask you guys about like the sister character too like one some seems to always have like a human aspect to his characters Family Which drama. Family drama is a yeah. big part of his movies. Family drama, but also just like, you know, at the end of it, maybe love does solve everything. And that was, that always, like, gives me warm fuzzies, but also, like, is Juan really a bad guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is he trying to, like, make horror movies to, like, scare me or also tell me that, like, you know, in the Conjuring series or even in Insidious where it's like, hey, by the way, you know, like, we, we did it. We did it as a family. We did it together as Ed and Lorraine or we did it as, like, um we saved our son kind of thing. It's like, I, I, yeah, I guess he always, but then again, I guess all horror movies sort of come back to that at the end of their movies. I mean, teamwork is the dream work, Abe. I mean, that's, 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 how, that's how you do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to get, you know, you get your families together to solve the problem. Like in terms of how to solve mental ghosts or, <laughs> or possessions or double faced tumor monsters. Yeah. You just got to call on your family to help you out. I guess is the way to do it. <laughs> Did that alien or did that did that did that ghost remind you guys of Alien Three, like the Ripley alien? Which thing? 
Uh, and Gabriel, his face. Uh, Not really. No. I, I, I was trying to get a read because you know we, when you finally kind of start seeing it in action, it's like what is this reminding me of? Like it's like I kept thinking mm-hmm. of just something like like hey, Kevin, you said like something gross from the '80s, like some like Cronenberg yeah. thing or a, yeah. like a Stuart Gordon reanimator type thing or so. Like just like <laughs> something out of that. Something that like love, Lovecraftian. Like mm-hmm. yeah. okay. Um, I guess just lastly, again, the humor of this is is kind of really like high key. Um, you know, there's really funny moments, but then there's also like this moment where I was just like laughing to myself how ridiculous it was. He asks one of the other cops to be like, "Hey, can you age up this photo thirty years?" Uh-huh. Right. And then the cop is like, "Hey, I put it on your desk. That's why you brought her in, right?" He's like, "Oh no, oh shoot." He looks up the file. It's exactly Annabelle Wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus the fact that he said age it up 30 years and I was, wait, I think I was confused as to like her age suddenly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, me and, too. Yeah. So, and that confused me. But yeah, you're right. As, as soon as you saw that it was exactly her, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> like this fucking humor guy. <laughs> yeah, no, the, um, the detective work in this movie leaves a lot to be desired. Right. <laughs> Hey man, they're gonna have to replenish their entire stock. That, like the sister that... figures it out like in a day. Like that's the other thing. <laughs> she goes to, yeah. she just drives over to the old mental institution. It's like, all right, yeah, here's the answer. Here she right. she parks at the cliff. Yeah, oh my god, I, oh, that my god yeah. So funny. Yeah, she parks right at the cliff and then just walks along. It's like, yeah, this is a normal way to go. <laughs> just like being right. next to a cliff that could lead to my doom if I slip. <laughs> I was like, is there no parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> And also, did you have to be there at night? Like, she's there during, like, sunset. And she's like, oh, my God, look at that beautiful mental institution. And then all of a sudden, it's just, like, dead of night. Yeah, I know. it's like, oh, man, Way's really unpredicted what, how long it was going to take me to get here. <laughs> right. But then you also, like, she hears something, and then they never do anything with it. Right, yeah. Because they want to, uh, you know, they want to tease the idea that somehow Gabriel also drove four hours just to get right. the sister. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel can drive? He was doing pretty well last night. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like, but yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. The idea that she parks by it's like it's a hospital. Should, there should be like a parking lot right in the front. Like where are the front doors of this thing? It's like I guess I'll go all the way around the back to get it. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it happens. The but... fact that the mom even had a VHS player was yeah. Surprising. That, that, also, that also killed me. I was like, I, I, this is pretty cool that they're on like VHS because that makes sense for the time. But I was like, why does a mom have a player? <laughs> yep. I mean, so mine's like, like in a closet somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Great. All right. Any other thoughts on Malignant? I think we've we've talked about this movie pretty thoroughly. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, you should you should check it out. I, Kevin, you, you said it best. You have to like see it to believe it. When should people yeah. see this movie, Abe? I mean, I watched it at home on HBO Max. I think that's like a fine place to to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it can be fun to see it with an audience, but again, it depends on what type of people are in the audience because you know it could it could uh, dampen the the yeah. mood. But yeah. so I think either or, it's fine. Yeah, I would I would agree. I didn't mind watching this on HBO Max. I would say in like the years time when this becomes like some kind of midnight staple or like a thing you like some like selection for a horror playlist on a at like a you know a retro movie theater or whatever. It'd probably mm-hmm. be a, it'd probably be fun for people that you know go in there specifically specifically because they know the movie already and they're like let's get in on this let's go for the you know, go for the ride. I think yeah. That, but you know, obviously that's years from now as opposed to right now. Currently, sure. yeah, HBO Max fine. Uh, it works. It looks great. Yeah. 
because um, that, that experience that kevin you mentioned about the theater and some people walking out it's like if you have seen the movie already and you're like no wait you guys are gonna like miss out on like the 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 weird parts the crazy parts like that's the part that is just like yeah it's a bummer you know hopefully yeah. it builds up that momentum and just be like hey let's watch this at midnight everyone bring your long trench coats yeah that's the thing if i had already <laughs> if i had already seen this movie and then i'm watching it in a theater and people were walking I'd be like i'd be getting a bang and was like you gotta stay you gotta, yeah, please. You gotta see where this goes yeah, it gets better <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our review for *Malignant*. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to Abe. What uh, what time is it? Aaron, I think it's time for me and Kevin to play head-to-head game. Uh oh. That was actually gonna be uh, Gabriel's ringtone, but then he decided to go for the the scary voice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I like how you said head-to-head too. It was very <laughs> appropriate. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, you know. We're just double scooping today. Speaking of heads, this game is called Where's My Mind? Oh. Uh, this is going to be a series of films that feature uh, characters either being decapi- de- decapitated or going decapitated. insane. Decapitated. Oh, no. uh, decapitated or going insane or both. Uh, okay. I'm going to read you the tagline of the film, and you can try to guess the answer. That said, if you, <laughs> if you, if you, instead of the tagline, you want me to read you the cast list going up, I can also do that. Okay, uh, sounds great. So, All right. I'll read so the, the, some... the theme is somebody has to be their head removed or they're losing their mind or Got they it. lose their mind or both oh okay, okay. <laughs> it happens you know oh, it's even better yeah okay here's the first one heads will roll oh shoot i know this one i know that sounds so familiar i'm gonna be so mad um oh abe abe sleepy hollow it is sleepy hollow yes yep there you go on the board here's the next one Mischief Mayhem Soap. Uh, Abe. Abe. Um. Uh, why am I thinking of seven? It's not seven. It's uh, Fight Club. It it is Fight Club. Yeah. Oh right. All right. Damn. Here's the next one. Whatever it takes. Okay. <laughs> uh, whatever it takes. People lose their heads or get decapitated. That's the same thing. Yeah, or they're going crazy, whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm thinking about the clue here. Whatever it takes. I can read the cast list going from the bottom. Unless Kevin knows it, I think I'm going to the cast list. Yeah, let's get the cast list. Okay, here's the cast list. This is going to be fun. Ty Simpkins. Ken Jeong. Ken Jeong. Carrie Condon. Terry Notary, Joe Russo, Ross Marquand, Samuel L. Jackson, Chris Pratt, Josh Brolin, Abe, Robert Redford, Abe, Avengers Endgame? That is correct. It is Avengers Uh, Endgame. Who's losing their mind? Who loses their head is the question, Abe. Oh, you cheeky. Go for the head. Yeah, Yeah. go for the head. Here's the next one. Killer Looks. God, I know this one too. Um, I don't know this. Killer, killer looks. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling up the cast list now. Killer looks. It's not the eyes of Laura Mars, is it? Incorrect. No. <laughs> uh, I'm, I might need that cast list. Here's the cast list: Reg E. Kathy, Guinevere Turner, Kara Seymour, Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto. Matt Ross, Samantha Mathis, 
Reese Witherspoon, Chloe Sevigny, Josh Lucas. Wait. Huh? What? Wait. What? Is it? No. Is this? <laughs> it's not a horror movie, is it? It's a horror movie. It is. It. Oh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Freeway. Not Freeway. There's two more names on this cast list. Fear. It's not. It's not Fear. <laughs> I'm gonna the hell is this, this one in? Here's the last new names: Justin oh. Thoreau, Christian Bale. Christian. Oh, American Psycho. American oh. Psycho is the correct answer. There you go. What was the tagline? Killer looks. Killer looks. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty pretty clever. Like when you're going to that castle, it's like, what movie is this? <laughs> right. That's why it's going from the bottom. Yeah, I forgot that Reese Witherspoon was in the movie. Reese Witherspoon, Josh Lucas. This is this is uh that home one for the holidays or something. Yeah. <laughs> or that one Almost like the Hillbilly, Hillbilly movie. Yeah. yeah, Sweet Home Alabama Redux. That's Sweet it. Sweet Home is. Alabama. Yeah, that's it. All right, here's the next one. Okay. Iconic terror from the number one best-selling writer. Oof. Uh, oh. A. Yeah. Um, the Shining. The, Sh- the Shining's the correct answer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I was gonna say it's gotta be Stephen King, right? I yeah. was like, he didn't write The Omen, did he? Because you know that's an all-timer for decapitation. It, it is. You're not wrong. <laughs> I should have. In fact, I should have put that on this list, but um, it's not, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Here's the next one. Let he who is without sin try to survive. That's that's a good tagline. Mm, Abe. Abe. Doom. It, no. It, incorrect. <laughs> he was without sin. Try and survive. Here comes the cast list. Dead. This would be a fun mm-hmm. one. Hold on, let me find the the right place to start here. <laughs> okay. Um, Richard Schiff. Mark Boone Jr. Richard Portnoy. I'm going to skip this name for now. Uh, John C. McGinley. Uh, Richard Roundtree. Arlie Ermey. Oh, man. Reg E. Cathy again. Gwyneth Paltrow. Brad Pitt. Seven. Seven Sorry, is the correct seven, answer. You're seven. good. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the tagline? Let he who was without sin try to survive. Oh, of course. Now it makes sense. Yes. Good job, Kevin. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Kevins, there's the next one. Kevin has 23 distinct personalities. The 24th is about to be released. Kevin. Kevin. Split. Split is the correct answer. Here's the next one. Every family tree hides a Kevin. secret. Yeah? Hereditary. Hereditary is the correct oh, answer. Oh, wow. I jumped on that one. <laughs> Here's the next one. Four more. I just want to be perfect. I just want to be perfect. <clears throat> oh, Kevin? Yeah. Oh, no. I was going to say Black Swan. That's correct. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> That's the first one that came to my head, too, but I was like, I don't know. I can't remember. Here it is. I, yeah, I couldn't remember that as the tagline, but. This is, my, this is the favorite tagline I wrote down. The man with the hat is back, and this time he's bringing his dad. Kevin. Kevin. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Last Crusade is correct. <laughs> penitent man. Penitent. Penitent. Penitent man. Neil. Here's the next one. If you think it means bad luck, you don't know the half of it. 
That's the second best one. Got another half of that. Think it means bad luck? If you think it means bad luck, you don't know the half of it. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty clever tagline. That's I don't pretty know. pretty good one. This cast list might help. Um, okay. <laughs> here, we, here we go. Let me. Oh, there will be two names, I think, that will be specifically helpful. Here we go. Rex Everhart, Peter <laughs> Brower, Mark Nelson, Lori Bartram, Harry Crosby, Kevin Bacon, Robbie Morgan. Kevin? Kevin. Stir of Echoes? Incorrect. Oh. Three more names. One might help. Janine Taylor, Adrian King, Betsy Palmer. Oh, Kevin. Kevin. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th is the correct answer. If you think he means bad luck. Kevin getting all these Kevin answers right, too. (laughs) (laughs) We stick together, man. If you think it means bad luck, you don't know the half of it. Friday the 13th. Here's the the last one. Here's the last one. Get ready for rush hour. Get ready for rush hour? Get ready for rush hour. The answer is not rush hour one through three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like when East meets West. Um, Kevin? Yeah? Falling down? Incorrect. Wow. Uh, Abe? Abe? Final Destination 3. I like that you were specific. None of those are right. Okay. <laughs> Shot in the dark. I'm going to read the cast here. The short list. Well, not short, but I'm going to read it for brevity's sake. Beth Grant, Glenn Plummer, Alan Ruck, Jeff Daniels, Joe Morton, Sandra Bullock, Dennis Kevin. Hopper. Kevin? Speed. Speed. Damn it! <laughs> At least I'm taller. <laughs> no, because, like, you know where I got tripped up? When you said Alan Ruck, I was like, that name, I can't put the face to it. And then you kept on going, like, Joe Morton. I was like, I know who that is. <laughs> and, it was, and I was like, <laughs> but Alan Ruck, you held me up. <laughs> speed, um, yeah, yeah. Fun, fun thing about Speed, there's a commentary track on that with the writers of Speed. It is one of the best commentary tracks I've ever heard. It's very entertaining and very informative. It's like one of those back-in-the-day ones when um, it was like they were more loose. They recorded in 2000, like late early 2000s, like when Blu-rayers were first coming out. So, yeah, it, it's really it's really fun and like really informative about the movie. Like, I thought I knew a lot about Speed, and I, knew, I learned a lot more recently watching it on 4K with that commentary. Anyway, nice. Kevin, you did a great job in this game, and you won this week. Kevin. Good job. All right. What do I get? Uh, you get a lot of respect from us, that's for sure. <laughs> you also get a free medical procedure anytime you have a malignant person. <laughs> you, get, you get a free um, fist pound the next time we see each other at a screening because we can't shake hands anymore. Uh, <laughs> here's, a bonus, here's a bonus question. Yes. What is James Wan's highest grossing film? Mm, Fast Aquaman. 7. Oh. It's fun that you both said both of his highest grossing films. It is Furious 7 with 1.5 billion. Uh, billion. Aqu- Aquaman's merely 1.1 million, billion. Mm. <laughs> he's, he, he's in that rare um, category, by the very rare category, by the way, of directors that have $2 billion films in two different franchises. Huh. You, you, you do want... you know what his lowest grossing movie is minus malignant i do but you want to know the other director that has two different billion dollar grossing films and franchises uh james uh, abrams james cameron it's james k it's another james it's uh, james cameron titanic uh, yeah. and oh i was just kidding <laughs> no, there's plenty of directors that have other multiple billion dollar films 
but he's, those are the only two that have two different oh. franchises featuring billion dollar films, which is well, kind you know of crazy. What, Kevin, maybe let me like, let me let me take back my whole entire congratulations on games this week. Maybe, maybe I should win. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he, uh, his lowest grossing film, I believe, I had this yesterday, I wrote it down, I, it's either Dead Silence or Death Sentence. Okay. Uh, I believe it's Death Sentence, if I'm not okay. mistaken. I don't even know Death Sentence. That's the one of Kevin, wait, it's, another, it's a Kevin Bacon movie. That's the, oh. That's the one, yeah, it is Kevin, it's, yeah, it's Death Sentence, that's his third film. That's the one uh, with Kevin Bacon, it's from the writer of, of Death Wish, it's like an, a, a, one of the same uh, books of that series ever. Yeah, Kevin Bacon, it. like his family gets killed, and he goes on this revenge rampage to go after who was responsible, and it's and it's Garrett Hedlund and John Goodman. It's Garrett Hedlund. It's a, it's, of it's, course, it'd be Garrett. Hedlund. It's a it's a bald Garrett Hedlund, and that was when I'm like, oh, so this guy actually can do things. That was that was my oh, reaction. That's good. That's it. It's yeah. 2007, so it's before Tron Legacy. It was just after I guess Four Brothers. And I'm like, oh, okay, this guy has some range. Like he's doing some mm. stuff here. It's, it's not a great movie, but I like it. And it has an amazing tracking shot sequence in a parking garage of Kevin Bacon trying oh. to sneak around past people. Like it's a, it was an early, beyond saw. It was an early sign. It's like, oh, James Wan's got some moves. Like yeah. he can do some stuff with the camera. If uh, I know you haven't seen Reservation Dogs yet, but if you get to episode four, pretty good Garrett Hedlund cameo. Oh, cool. Oh, I watch. I love that show. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, with Why the Last Man coming out this week, and it's one of my favorite comic series, I'm really like, am I going to get Hulu now? Because there's a lot of shows on there that I certainly want to watch, and that might be the I mean, reason. The great news is about these subscriptions is you can cancel at any time as well. That is true. Yeah. 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 You know. Right. Yeah. And since we you know make all this podcast money, we're just rolling in the dough. <laughs> <laughs> Our budget is unlimited. We established this at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Just wait till the show is all on, and then just binge it for a day, and then cancel. And then cancel it. Yeah. There you go. I'm yeah. doing that with uh, War of the Worlds on Epic. So I was like, I'll wait until the last episode of season two, and then I'm just gonna binge it and then cancel. There you go. <laughs> Good plan. Save some money. Well, that was games. Thanks, Aaron. Let's. Um, Good job, guys. Let's move on now to out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook, the comments out now podcast. We had a dozen more questions to the listeners, and they gave us some answers. So let's do this thing, Abe. Uh, first question is, what type of horror film keeps you up at night? Chris writes, um, I don't think a horror film has ever kept me up from fear, so we'd have to go with films that made me feel uneasy afterward. Probably Antichrist, Martyrs, Inside, and Man Behind the Sun. There's some happy viewing. <laughs> <laughs> Any horror films that keep you up at night? I don't know if it, like when I was young, yes, Friday the Thirteenth kept or Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm sorry, kept me up at night because the whole entire concept of if you fall asleep, Freddy will get you. So being like seven years old or eight years old, and you're just like, I am so afraid, afraid right now. And your and uh, your parents were famously involved with that mob that killed the janitor too. So that's... yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they they disregarded the son and said, do not touch Willie. But uh, the other like it, it hasn't really kept me up, but it it got me spooked. Looking in mirrors was insidious because of the whole entire mirror aspect of that um, and seeing somebody on the other side. So insidious is something that, that I consciously remember thinking of washing my hands. I was like, I don't even want to look in the mirror right now. <laughs> Kevin, any? I, yeah. Um, I mean, more so when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so Exorcist, I wouldn't even watch until I was probably 24, but I would see scenes or I'd hear it downstairs because my father would be watching it or something. So that would keep me up. I think the first time I saw Halloween on a black and white 13 inch TV, terrified the whole night, thought he was standing over my bed. Oh no. Um, those types of things. And anything kind of like, yeah, those, those two probably actually Friday the 13th part four, 
because my parents were away and I had to sleep alone that night in the house. And I got scared. <laughs> what? Yeah. I got scared. I was like, he's outside somewhere. Did they watch it with you and then they left? No, no, no. I watched it with friends. They, my parents were like away for the weekend or something. Okay. <laughs> and I'll then my friends through. left. And I was yeah, well, how, how mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched one of them with my dad, though. I think we watched part two together, weirdly, randomly one night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that didn't scare me. But <laughs> Yeah, like obviously younger is when it had more of an effect on me. That's it, like, more recent. Like, the Paranormal Activity films, I do think... Because yeah. I those films, which I enjoy, it's... It, but I enjoyed it less about, like, in-the-moment scares and more about, like, when I get when you get home, there's just a natural, like, well, now there's noises in the house and it's dark and quiet. So it's like, <laughs> well, that's that's weird. Like, yeah. is there a ghost that's fucking with me until it decides to do something about it? And <laughs> like, you also had, like, you know, that, that PS4 attachment to make it a 3D game. So, you know, really switch out even more, yeah. Well, that was on Xbox Connect, so I wasn't scared by four oh, because, yeah, because I didn't have an Xbox. I'm like, oh, okay, no, no ghosts in that machine. Um, right. All right, next question we have here. What are some great horror films focused on a mystery? Chris writes, oh, so many. The Witch, Scream, The Thing, and Ready or Not, to name a few. Joe writes, seven. Mm-hmm. Great horror films based on a mystery. Um, Cabin in the Woods. There's a mystery in there as far as yeah. what the hell's going on in those woods in that cabin. Yeah, <laughs> this giant arm at the end there. Hmm. I feel like so many of them have mysteries. Yeah, for sure. There's right? all, yeah, it tends to be a kind of like, what is this really? Yeah. And obviously there's like plenty of whodunits and what have you that, that kind of supply that as well. Uh, don't look now. There we go. Oh, yeah. The Pact, if anybody's seen The Pact. You do the like pact. The Pact. Yeah. I do love The Pact, and there is a mystery. All right. Mysterious. Uh, the next question is, what horror directors do you appreciate for their style? Chris has Robert Eggers, Guillermo del Toro, uh, and Gaspar, Gaspar No. Is he a horror director? <laughs> He's, he has a style, well, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, his movies are pretty horrific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Raimi uh, is, for me, uh, easily. Raimi. Uh, Raimi's big on Oh, yeah. Or, like, the blood that looks like wax, yeah. <laughs> Like, it's easy to say, like, Carpenter and stuff. It's like, yeah, I guess it's a style. But I, I guess I'm trying to think more, like, very deliberate type of, like, let's do something with this kind of thing. And, like, Raimi certainly fits that box for me. Right. I mean, I think Ari Aster, you know. Oh, yeah. Recently, oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, as much as there are certain things I didn't like about Hereditary or whatever, but, like, just watching his style, like, Midsommar was just so fascinatingly shot and told. I agree. That he definitely has, like, you're always interested in what are you going to do next? Mm-hmm. All right. Next question we have here. What's the last horror film you went into completely blind to what it was about, and was it scary? Uh, Chris writes, probably hereditary. I fortunately had only seen a teaser trailer, had some good background scares, and a huge amount of dread. Uh, Irene <laughs> writes, malignant. I saw last night on HBO Max, and it was scary in places. Yeah, Irene, Irene's on the same page as us then. Horror movie that went into completely blind... It's weird because I try not to because I'm trying to figure out where the, the scares are. I like, so. like we're the opposite of this. Like you try to watch no trailers for you know other movies, but like you need to watch these to be prepared. Yeah, I'll or... like, yeah, I'll watch except for like that the clapping scene from um, Conjuring. Conjuring, yeah. yeah. But but beyond that, yeah, I'll try and like watch somewhere. It's like okay, let me, let me try and piece this movie together now. <laughs> See, like that for me, I don't want I for it's horror trailers are the ones that I avoid the most because I do want to be generally so surprised. Yeah, I like I really like going in like just not knowing a lot of yeah. things um uh, what was the um 
Uh, it comes at night is a good example of one, and and Hereditary mm. for that matter. Like that, those, those I didn't watch any trailers for it because I had I heard all the buzz about Hereditary. So I'm like, well, why watch a trailer? It's a horror movie. I'm, I'm gonna go see it regardless. Like, yeah, why not? And I was certainly surprised by things that happened in that movie, given I did not know anything about it. So, you know, I think mine was a. I watched it when I was sick one day. Um, Mike Flanagan, the uh, Absentia. Okay, yeah, yeah. His, like his I didn't know much one? about it except for what Netflix told me. So uh-huh. I was like, okay. I'll watch it. And it was good. I really liked it. Yeah, I think I've done that for most. Like, I didn't do it for, like, Doctor Sleep, but I feel like I did. I, I just saw, like, the basic premise of Hush and um, <laughs> what's, yeah, the, yeah. what's the one of Carla Gugino? Uh, Gerald's Game, which oh, still, yeah. still had one of the most, like, crazy sequences I've had to, like, get up and pause the movie for um, since wow. VHS 2. Um, and um, the other one, um, Oculus. Oculus, I didn't know anything about beyond like, all right, mirrors, sure, why not? Let's see what this is. <laughs> I also, I also want to, I also want to reemphasize, I, I will watch the teaser and maybe the first trailer for horror movies. So I still don't watch like all of the trailers. Sure. But yeah, yeah, but more than more than what I normally would watch for other movies. Yeah. Uh, the next question is, what are some great horror films that put a focus on technology? Chris has Videodrome, Possessor. An upgrade, sort of horror. Yeah, it's like some body horror. There's, yeah, there's oh, a lot yeah. of body horror in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fly. Uh, gonna, I mean, the fly. The he, inv- f- he invents teleportation. Yeah. <laughs> and it does not go well. True. <laughs> what if he had teleported yep. like with a sandwich? Oh, you don't. You don't want to know what that's gonna be like. <laughs> I'll say this: uh, it did work. Like, it was not it, like he it failed. Did, like, uh, it wasn't a problem. <laughs> it would have worked. If only he had, you know, not chosen something with its own DNA. Um, <laughs> I will add in uh, Transcendence, because, you know, it was a terrible movie, so it was horrific. Because <laughs> <laughs> Altered States, maybe, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I didn't see it, but from what somebody was, there was a whole thread about this movie. Um, now I have to watch it, because apparently it's apeshit. Uh, Man's Best Friend. Oh, okay. About, yeah. uh, like, a, like a cyber dog. A cyber dog? Yeah, but what apparently it's really crazy. There's something with urine but i can't remember what it was but they said you just have to see it i was like all right i'm, I'm down i'll say this if it was called Cyberdog, i probably would have seen it already let me tell you. <laughs> it's got lance henrickson in it oh, oh all right mm-hmm. all right last question james wan is here looking happy to be taking a break between huge budget movies what directors do a great job of making films big and small chris writes taika waititi yeah does a lot of good things big and small i'll also add in a friend of the show steven soderbergh yeah he's, he likes bouncing around that's for sure mm-hmm. the shangy Mao. he does small yeah big. oh yeah ah. hmm. um i mean i mentioned Raimi a couple times already but Raimi. yeah Raimi. yeah he'll do like uh what is cameron ever made a small movie when he started, you know, each movie after uh, the abyss is being the most expensive movie of all time. It's not not much downtime in between unless you count his like. Did he do Piranha? He did Piranha, yeah, Piranha 2. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the swarming, yeah. the swarming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah after, besides, besides his like, I really love being underwater movies, um, his documentaries. Um, yeah. It's just bigger and bigger yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Coens, I guess. Yeah, Spielberg, yeah, Spielberg, yeah. He goes back and forth a little bit. Like, in terms of, like, the post versus, um, uh, um... War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, yeah, like, just, yeah. Catch Me If You Can versus, like, AI. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Alrighty, well, that was enough feedback. 
Feedback, feedback, feedback. And that is going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, you can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for We Live Entertainment, Lisa Blue, and Variety. You can also find me on Twitter at AaronsPS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash WalrusMoose, hashtag Simeon Mental Institution 1993 alum. Kevin Taft, where can people find more of your work online? Um, I would go at Edge Media Network. Uh, dot com or Twitter is what is it? Writer Guy LA. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you asking? <laughs> what is it? I don't know. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. I had two for a while and I couldn't figure out which one to use. And, yeah, it's bad. I'm old. I can't figure these things out. It's technology. It's a horror. You have, oh. that, you have that YouTube series too, right? Oh yes, horrifically horrifying. Uh, presented by the Hollywood Critics Association. So that is um, every week, uh, Wednesday, as long as it's posted on time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Third Name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, Podomatic and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.gmail.com. Run our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet us at twitter.com slash outnowpodcast. Underscore podcast. <laughs> and you can always get the updates on our latest episodes on Instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for having me. It Glad was, to have uh, It was benign. Uh... <laughs> benign, show. benign show. Glad to have you on. Glad you were able to take down Abe and Games, of course. And uh, <laughs> it's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, next week, we're crying macho and going over summer movie gamble results. So until then, so long. And goodbye. Where is my mind? There is sub. Why are there subtitles? How'd this happen? What? Why are there subtitles? I turned on subtitles on Skype somehow, and now it's auto transit. It's auto transiting. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll turn this off. This is too freaky for me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Oh, I think I I hit that instead of recording. That's why. Okay. I I don't see it. Well, I have a better Skype than you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they're just like, oh, the air needs some help reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right, let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> play some of the trailer for believe me get out of my house it's 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 like i i was there i i saw her die <laughs> my god jeez what's happening <laughs> really got into this one <laughs> that's the only part that i remember because i don't remember the rest of it i don't know how the rest because i i just well you know obviously like scary wall uh effect and then um you know uh the malignant character <laughs> kind of just like creeping over her uh, but i don't remember the rest of it also i have a question who named it Gabriel? Like, was the mother at some point like, well, if I have, if my daughter has to have this insane thing attached to the back of her head, I guess I'll give it a name. And they went with Gabriel. Technically, they are twins. But like, did did she name it? Like, or did the the, the thing name itself? Like, what, how did that happen? That was my only. Yeah. I don't have any questions. That's the only one that I had. Fair question. He probably he probably got that name from his mom. <laughs> I guess. Let's name the tumor. Yeah. <laughs> All right.